It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe and it's great to have you listening as we get ever closer to Christmas. In today's episode, I'm talking to kind of an accidental e-commerce business owner. And we're going to get deep into lots of topics, actually, a lot on segmentation. We're going to be talking about email marketing. Uh, we're also going to talk about running a podcast to promote your store, a bit about merchandising and about running a completely remote team. Lots of bits and pieces in this one for you. Before we get into that, though, please do check out the sponsors. Everyone in your business should read this book, whether they're in marketing or not. Why? Because it removes all the smoke and mirrors around marketing for e-commerce, channel by channel, but still delivers for your marketing team on detail and how to plan for success. That's what Nicola Fox, ex-head of Ciara Misguided, said about my new book, E-commerce Marketing, How to Get Traffic That Buys to Your Website. You can grab the Kindle or paperback on your local Amazon store now. Or if you're not quite ready to commit to buying the book, head to ecommercemarketingbook.com to get the free crash course, including the first two chapters. FreeUp makes hiring online simpler for e-commerce businesses. They pre-vet thousands of virtual assistants and freelancers every week and then give you immediate access to the top 1% of applicants. Check out why 10,000 plus businesses have already signed up for FreeUp. Receive a $50 credit when you sign up today at freeup.com forward slash e-commerce master plan. And there's three E's in FreeUp. So it's freeup.com forward slash e-commerce master plan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Jamie Anderson is a TV and radio producer, director and writer and managing director at Anderson Entertainment, which also means he's in charge of the official Jerry Anderson e-commerce store, home to all the Thunderbirds, Space 1999, UFO and Captain Scarlet merchandise you can imagine. Jamie launched the store in 2014 and they now do over a thousand orders per month. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here and to be talking about such an interesting e-commerce store. Um, how did you end up launching it in the first place? How did you get into e-commerce? Uh, okay, so, uh, well, my late father was Jerry Anderson, the man behind Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet and all those things you just mentioned. Uh, he passed away at the end of 2012 and we decided to carry on uh, the name, carry on the legacy. Mm -hmm. So I picked up the reins of Anderson Entertainment. And uh, TV and film is a really tough business to be in. You have no predictability, no consistency, especially when you're an independent like we are. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, we're not studio backed. We don't have any kind of uh, output deals with any of the big channels or anything like that. So one of the main problems is maintaining consistent revenue and being able to pay for development and development for a TV series can go from anywhere between uh, one to 10 years, maybe with an average wow. of five to six. So you've got to find a way to keep yourself going in that at that time. So I thought, well, why not go for sort of a, a merch based system? Because we've got fans all over the world who haven't really been given this stuff. They haven't been offered very much. So um yeah, the first thing I did was uh, stick the uh, Anderson Entertainment logo on a T-shirt and a cap uh, and um, start from there. 
All started from a simple T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, just T-shirts and caps out of the living room. Very cool, very cool. And now, um, as I said, you're doing over a thousand orders per month. And where are you? Where are you in the world, and where are you selling to? Uh, well, I'm actually in Wales, and we've got team members all over the place. Um, we work with a fulfillment centre in uh, Northampton in the UK. So we're, we're primarily based out of the UK, and the majority of our customers are here too. But we absolutely sell all over the world. Um, kind of top countries, I guess, are the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, all the kind of the non-UK English-speaking territories where the Anderson shows were very popular, um, but also across Europe, uh, South America. I mean, it, it, I'm always surprised by the places that orders come in from. So if you love the shows, wherever you are in the world, you can get the merchandise delivered. Yeah, pretty much. And it's that's the thing with a kind of a global fan base, multi-generational as well. There's, there, yeah, there's people all over the place. I mean, UFO is a surprise hit in Italy. Um, uh, Thunderbirds in, in Brazil. Uh, yeah, unexpected places are unexpected fans of the shows. Very cool. And uh, what platform are you selling on? Are you a Shopify, Magento or something else? Yeah, so it started with um, one of the WordPress e-commerce integrations when it was just a couple of items, but very, very quickly moved over to Shopify. I think we moved over to Shopify in 2015 um, mm. on the recommendation of a, a friend and have never looked back. Um, we've got a few other bits and pieces. We sell some stock through Amazon and um, and out through eBay, but yeah, primarily Shopify. And have you got any particular widgets or plugins you love on Shopify? <laughs> um, a couple of things which have proved to be quite uh, useful. Um, push Owl, which is our uh, our push notification system that integrates with Shopify, has been really, really useful. And it's amazing actually just sending out a push notification, suddenly how that will generate revenue. And it's something which I had slightly ignored or underused for a little while. Um, mm -hmm. I played around with various review uh, apps and bits of software, including Shopify's own free one, uh, Yotpo and others, but we now use Stamped. Um, Stamped seems to be really, really good, uh, really good at getting customer images, um, UGC in there. And and also I did some experimenting with Hotjar recently, tracking clicks and um, and scrolling. Out, we've got a, a a reviews carousel on the front page of the site, and show more reviews is our second most clicked point on the on the homepage. Wow! So I'd really undervalued how important reviews were to to customers, um, and and Stamped has got loads of extra little widgets and tools and display features, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then I've just been playing with with something called Gem Pages too which allows for a great variety of uh, page creation, um, redesign and stuff without having to change a the theme. Uh, and I've tried a few of those too. There's uh, Zipify pages as well for creating landing pages. I never, I never really got on with that, but Gem seems mm -hmm. to be pretty awesome. So there's my kind of my major three. Nice. And you mentioned about Stamped that it helps you get the, the customer images. Does that mean it encourages... The, the recipient to take a picture of themselves with whatever it is they've got and then send it back in again. Exactly that. So we nice. um, stamped integrates with Clavio, which is our email system that we use, which I love too. Um, and they get a reminder, you know, a certain number of days after dispatch, which is all beautifully automated. And in there it says, you know, quite clearly, just 
add on a picture of you with the product. We'd love to see you with it. And so I've now got a great gallery of, uh, of images of our very happy customers with their DVDs and Blu-rays and hats and T-shirts and hoodies and all sorts. And it's really nice to see real customers with the goods in our hands without having to ask them one by one. Yeah, and it makes such a big difference to future customers as well, doesn't it? Because they can come on and they can see, oh, that's what it looks like in a real person's hands. Yeah. Plus, yeah. You, you've got the psychological bit of, um, oh, someone else has definitely bought this, yeah. which psychologically helps too. Yeah, we've massively under, undervalued social proof, I think. And I've experimented with that over the, the last few years, but stamped and its capabilities seems to be uh, the winner so far. Very nice. And you mentioned that you've got a team all over the world. So um, how many of you are there running this this site? Uh, so there's about seven or eight of us, depending on time of year and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly in the UK, to be fair. We've got a couple of guys in Belfast who do uh, our sort of uh, our email newsletter and bits of design and social. Um, uh, we've got uh, video editor and sort of asset creator in Oxfordshire. Uh, Tim, who heads up our customer service and is brilliant, is in Malaga in Spain. Um, Louise, who assists him, is in Norfolk in the UK. I'm in Wales. So we're really spread all over the place. Cool. That must um, be, I know, I know it's something which a lot of people like the idea of, but they quite struggle with. So that must be both a blessing and a curse being all over the place. Well, I mean, it's great that we don't have to have an office, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> so we avoid the expense of that. Um, I mean, most of the people who, who work on the team, they either start off as being fans or or very much part-time. Um, Tim is the, the most full-time member of the team and he has his hands busy, uh, but customers love him. He's brilliant. Uh, and we've actually been really lucky that pretty much everyone who's joined has a, has a passion for the shows. Uh, and so that you know, makes them happy in what they're doing. It probably makes my job managing a lot easier because they're all extremely self-motivated in that way. Well, I suppose if we go back to why you started the site, this isn't the the be-all, end-all of the business. This is the keep things ticking along whilst the production company does its thing. Mm. So it's not like this is all you're doing, is it? So to have a team who are passionate and who can get along with stuff without you having to worry about whether someone's bought coffee um, <laughs> is uh, must must make things easier as well because it it means you know you can you can kind of mentally opt out of the store for a couple of weeks if you need to. Yeah, it's it's massively helpful, and I I'm actually I'm I kind of I'm in a bit of an experimenter, and I like to get my hands dirty, and I like to do stuff, but I've gradually learned over the last two or three years to delegate more and more. You know, no matter how good somebody is, I will always worry a little bit and kind of find myself just checking, did that go okay? But uh, over time, it's just become more and more evident that I can just sit tight and let the guys do what they need to do and they do a fantastic job. Nice. Well, you'll we'll have to play this back to them um, so they can hear you saying it publicly. <laughs> I, will, I will send them a link. But they, they are brilliant. Our customers love them and I always acknowledge how awesome they are. We, there's no way I could do it without them. Um, and that's that's probably something that's really important to learn. Actually, you you can't do it all yourself, and it's fine mm-hmm. to start delegating stuff and to let go of it. And if you're not letting go of it, then you're going to create more problems than than it's worth doing so. Yeah, I think there's there's often the um, the fear that business owners have, and I know I've had in the past of 
will the customer still be happy if it's not me? Could anyone possibly do this right if it's not me? And and what I've always found over the years is that actually the customer's generally happier when it's not me. <laughs> and the task often gets done better when it's not me because I've lost the bandwidth to be able to do it well. Yeah. And someone else who's new with enthusiasm can do just such an amazing job. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That customers are much happier dealing with Tim and Louise than they are dealing with me. Uh, and sometimes because I just don't have the, the time or the bandwidth, but also... You know, customer service is not my speciality. It's not not to say I'm a terrible, awful, horrible human being. Maybe <laughs> I am sometimes, but Tim and Louise are brilliant at it. So let let people do what they're best at. That seems to be the way forward. Very cool. And um, let's talk a bit a bit more about kind of the marketing of the business and, and how you structured it. Because I think one of the one of the fascinating things about about your business because you've got all those shows. You've got Captain Scarlet. You've got Thunderbirds. You've got Joe Ninety. You've got UFO. It's almost like before you even put it live, you knew you had different customer bases to look after. And I think many people think, oh, how cool. You can segment from day one. But that's also a bit of a nightmare from day one as well, because potentially that's because, you, you know, you've got double figures of shows, I think, haven't you? So it's it's potentially a huge amount of workload to satisfy everyone. So how do you how do you cope with having so many fanatic customer segments? Um, I think early days, it was realizing that can't please everyone all the time. And we also, uh, initially, a lot of the product stuff that we put together, I was hoping, oh, well, they're like that show. So they're just, they are just Jerry Anderson fans. They like everything. And so we'd create generic products, which just didn't work. Now, in the, in the early days, I didn't really know about or understand segmentation at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I just was like, well, you you just show people stuff and if they like it, then they'll buy it. And if not, then they won't. We used to be on MailChimp and I started to segment just very basically. We basically, I discovered that you tend to have fans of the puppet shows like Thunderbirds and Stingray and Fireball XL5 Mm -hmm. and fans of the live action shows, primarily Space 1999 UFO. And they tend to be two two groups. So that was the first point where I said, okay, well, that those are two distinct segments of people that we can speak to and that we can offer product to. Um, but it's amazing how much it breaks down. Uh, and, there, and there are people who, you know, there are uh, people who are only, only interested in Thunderbirds, mm-hmm. but they will also only buy apparel. They're not interested in physical media. And and oh, gosh. finding those those it's getting ever more granular, really. But I think now we've reached a fairly good point, especially with with Clavio's tools and the way that we can segment there. It's been really really useful, and that's informed what we do next. Um, but I'm still surprised sometimes when we put together a product which I think, oh, you know, uh, fans of uh, Joe Ninety are going to love this. Uh, and they don't. So uh, <laughs> it's constantly educating uh, ourselves as to what works and what won't. But having having those defined groups has massively helped now. So it's gone even beyond just that's a Thunderbirds person, that's a Captain Scarlet third person too. That's a Thunderbirds person who buys DVDs. Yes. <laughs> and that's a Thunderbirds person who buys limited editions. And that's a Thunderbirds person who buys apparel. Yeah. Exactly that. So, I mean, there's less differentiation in the less known shows, I would say. So, Mm -hmm. um, Supercar from 1960. uh, Generally speaking, if there's something Supercar around, the fans of Supercar will grab it because there's so little. But where there's more more choice, 
uh, and more popularity on a brand, there's more segments to play with and to understand. I think you've got you've got your work cut out for the next 20 years working out how to juggle them. <laughs> I can certainly but, feel that. But having having the right tech around to do it um, makes it so much easier. Mm. And, you know, I, I think back like five, certainly 10 years ago to do those segmentations in a way that didn't take a whole week of planning just to do each one and trying to get this this to, you know, and exports and imports and CSV files all over the place and a GDPR nightmare yeah. um, would just be, would be incredibly tough to do. So it's it's very cool that we have this, such enabling tech these days. Yeah. And quite exciting in a geeky way. I, uh, actually, sometimes yeah. I think, oh, we could do a segment by, you know, combining these bits of data and people who've, you know, bought from this particular collection or bought at this time of year and, it, and then you have a, a, a such a specific group to speak to, and from putting those factors together, you know how to speak to them, and it's it's been fascinating. And I, I, I know I, I know I'm nowhere near knowing it all, always learning, but having the tools to create those really niche groups is incredible, really. And for anyone out there who's going, yeah, actually segmenting is on my list, high priority for next year. Um, have you got any advice on how to start or mistakes to avoid or anything like that? <laughs> uh, find the middle the middle ground for segmentation, I think, not going too broad and not going too narrow. Um, and, and just experimenting with those groups before you start sending. I think, you know, I've, oft, I've often thought, oh, uh, I'm going to put together everybody who has bought um, a Blu-ray and we'll let them know when a new Blu-ray is coming out, well, I quickly discovered actually those people are only interested in high definition versions of their existing shows so that you can, mm-hmm. cre- you can create these segments which are effectively meaningless to a customer. Um, and that's, I, I think it's kind of partly related to, on my part, the, the curse of knowledge uh, in that I have a, a broad awareness of all these shows and goes back to my initial mistakes of, oh, well, everyone's just a fan of this. It's it's just not the case. Trying so I'm constantly trying to put myself in the customer's shoes, and thinking from their point of view. So yeah, just imagine you are that customer who's bought that thing. Why did they buy it? What do they want more of? And then try and base your segment around that, rather than really arbitrary categories. And I and also I've experimented with things like customers who tend to buy in certain price ranges, and really that that hasn't worked either. I think. We've got a broad selection of products, you know, across hundreds of SKUs. And that's not enough to, to say, yes, these customers only buy things between 10 and 20 pounds in value. It's, it, I think it's more thinking about the customer's expectations and experience, what they want to experience in creating segments based on that. Um, I love the idea of thinking about a segment and then before even testing it, just put yourself in the customer's shoes and try and think... Does this actually logically make sense? Because mm. that can save save an awful lot of time. I don't hear many people saying that. But then the the other side of what you said, which I thought was quite interesting, was you tried it on um, spend breaks, you know, how much they spend on average, and often that's only as a result of what we've offered the customer. Exactly. Yes. You know, so if you've only ever offered them, I don't know, mugs for that show, and that's the only show they want to buy, and you've only ever offered them a fifteen pound product, it's going to be really hard for them to spend fifty quid. So it. So your data is not necessarily representative of the customer, is it? Because actually that might be a sign, well, let's try a hundred quid product and see what happens rather than 
Well, they never spend any money, people who like this show. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's is, really difficult to kind of force yourself to do it in the right way. I don't think there is a right way, but coming at it from a, a customer's perspective rather than a data perspective is probably a better way to do it. Yeah, a lot of spreadsheets, I think, maybe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of spreadsheets, but yeah, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. Um, so, Jamie, another thing I want to talk to you about is um, you run a podcast, don't you, to help mm. promote the store. And I'm always a fan of a retailer doing a podcast. So do you want to tell us a bit about why you did it, how you do it, and um, any tips you've got on it for other retailers? Again, massive question for you there. <laughs> uh, well, I'd wanted to do one for ages. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the, um, the idea that you should basically allow your customer to experience your brand in whatever way they prefer in you know with the least friction possible so always trying to make it possible for them to to read stuff to watch stuff to listen to stuff um and we'd started we'd started playing around with some audio drama uh, a few years ago and and saw that that seemed to be quite popular um uh and i I'd, I'd started listening to podcasts um a lot more kind of 2015 onwards mm -hmm. kind of got the bug as a listener and never really thought oh we you know we could do something interesting with that until probably late 2017 and then I started getting interested in thinking this could be quite fun quite an engaging way to talk to the audience but it doesn't have to be a kind of big sell thing because I'd heard podcasts where they were like hey this week we're launching product x and you're gonna love it because <laughs> uh and it it just became so hard sell that I thought well we can't we can't do that um now we're very lucky obviously that you know we've got celebrity fans all over the world mm -hmm. and there are people who worked on all the shows and so that was what we we based it around was let's have a feature each week because it is a weekly podcast. I'm not sure I would have made it weekly uh, in hindsight, <laughs> but too late now. We're 80 episodes in, so uh, yeah, I, it was tough. I feel, I feel it. I yeah. know what you're saying. <laughs> it, it, it is tough, but it is really interesting. And it gives people a new way to find us, a brand new way to find us. So for example, I think episode six of our podcast, uh, I interviewed Gary Newman. Wow. A load of people have found us because they're Gary Newman fans who also happen to you know, be fond of a couple of Jerry Anderson shows. And I know that's a bit of an extreme example. I'm not saying everybody is going to be able to get Gary Newman on their, their podcast, but I think any niche there are, there are people and they don't have to be celebrities and in inverted commas, but, but people who um, are specialists in a certain area have done something historically interesting with a product. Uh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter who you're speaking to because we just like to hear conversations between humans, right? Mm. That's part of what being human is. You, it, there's a degree of social interaction there. So yeah, we've we've got uh, more and more listeners. I think we're currently about 22,000 downloads a month, which makes me very happy because I never thought we'd break 10,000. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, we have like sort of regular silly formats and stuff. But what we've noticed is it's a, it's a brand new way that gets people to engage with us. And we get people suggesting products off the back of the oh, podcast. Right. So we will mention if we've got new stuff coming out, but we always encourage people to listen in, uh, who are listening in to email us. And I would say we get two or three product suggestions a, w a week from, wow. from listeners. And we're not specifically asking for them, but they, they just find, oh, here's a channel where I can talk to these guys direct. So it's, yeah, 
it's really, really useful. So I would definitely recommend that you you do a podcast if you haven't started one already. And it, you know, there's, there's an element of thinking, oh, everyone does one and they're 10 a penny. And, uh, you know, how's anyone ever going to find it? And are they going to be interested? And how am I going to keep it going? But it, it is a great way for customers to interact with you. They might not want to go and read, actively read things on your website, your blog, or go and actively look at your YouTube channel and watch your videos. Passive listening is the beauty of a podcast. That's the, that's the magical thing. If they're subscribed, they get it, you know, whenever you release automatically, they can do other stuff while listening to you, getting to know your brand. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's the main reason. It's just, it's just a really exciting way to engage with customers that you don't get really in any other route other than audio. And it's, um, I certainly find it, 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 that level of personal connection creates an awful lot of trust. And it's very hard to sell anything via an e-commerce site if the person who wants to buy it doesn't trust you. Mm. And yes, it's not happening on the site. And yes, it's not as powerful as social proof, or maybe it is, but it has a, a huge impact in kind of removing the, the barrier between the business and the customer in a very subtle way. Yeah, we are real people. And we get emails in all the time that we'll let them read out on the podcast of people that have picked up bits of merch. I mean, one of the loveliest things we regularly hear is that... Um, you know, people have bought, uh, you know, a Thunderbirds hoodie and uh, they bought a Thunderbird 4 hoodie, which they, they've worn out in public. And somebody, a stranger has come up to them and started a conversation with them. Uh, you know, they've had a positive experience with a, with a stranger based on this bit of merch. And that's really lovely. You know, it's uh, kind of, it's the, the nostalgia and the experiential side, which we otherwise we wouldn't get to hear about. And we certainly wouldn't get to tell people about in such a genuine way. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. In the last ad break, you heard a review from a retailer just like you of my new book, E-commerce marketing, how to get traffic that buys to your website. It's a Kindle bestseller in the UK, USA and Australia. And as a past podcast guest Chantal put it on amazon.co.uk, if you run an e-commerce business, buy this book. You can follow her advice by grabbing the Kindle or paperback on your local Amazon store now. Or if you're not quite ready to commit to buying the book, then head to ecommercemarketingbook.com to get the free crash course, including the first two chapters. Tired of posting jobs online and running into unqualified applicants? FreeUp is your solution. FreeUp interviews thousands of e-commerce freelancers each week and only allows the top 1% into their network. From Amazon to Shopify to Facebook ads to graphic design, they've got someone perfect for the role. Sign up today at freeup.com forward slash e-commerce masterplan and get a $50 credit towards your first hire. That's freeup.com forward slash e-commerce masterplan and there's three Three E's in free up. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and the lovely listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Jamie, are you ready for the top tips? Uh, I can try my best. <laughs> That's all I can ask. Okay, um, and don't worry, you don't have to wear a hoodie um, or be speak to strangers to do this. It's just the top. Although you are wearing a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> if only guys you could see, he's got Space 1999 hoodie on right now, branded to the max. <laughs> uh, okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? 
Uh, it might be a slightly unusual one. Creativity Inc., which is the mm. Pixar story. And it, there's thousands and thousands of business and e-commerce books, right, that you can yep. read. And they're full of great tips. And uh, a lot of them will, will cross over with each other. But just taking a, a step back and looking at the way you work and why you do it and the way you interact with the people around you and how the, working with the team around you to to chip away at problems and to make the best of, of any idea within the business, whether it's a product or a way of working. I think that that's a really interesting book to read. And it's fascinating anyway, from a kind of film point of view. If you've ever, you know, got, if you've got any interest in film, just watching or creating whatever, it's a great book, but it can be applied to, to e-commerce too. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? <laughs> um, this is a slightly non-specific answer. I mean, if I, if I, because I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to come back to, to, to email and Clavio in particular, which has been fantastic, but it's a bit more esoteric, but it's experimenting. It's not a particular tool. But it's, you know, I think people get stuck in their ways. They're like, okay, well, we do one post mm -hmm. every day on Facebook and one of those will be an inspirational quote and I'll tweet a couple of times a day. And it can become really formulaic. Mm -hmm. But some of the best success we've had in terms of generating traffic has been just being silly, experimenting, trying something new and not worrying if it, if it fails. Um, we did a, a mock-up poster of the rise of Skywalker in that style for UFO and put pop that out on our various social channels a few weeks ago. We never normally do that sort of thing, but it, it generated huge amounts of engagement, huge amounts mm -hmm. of interest and people asking for that to become a, pro a product on the shop. Now, I'm not sure we can do that because of uh, copyright stuff. Yeah, might be some but, legal issues there, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just, just experimenting, going out of your comfort zone and trying something new on any platform, doesn't matter that's the thing that keeps us alive and creative, I think. And then, you know, it has a positive reinforcing effect too. You try something new, it does well. It gives you the the confidence to to go even crazier and try something even more different to engage more people. I love it. I like that answer. Perfectly happy with that. Uh, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I know what everybody says here, but it's really true. I'm really sorry. Slack. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, it's not necessarily for the same... Well, it, 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 it is one of the reasons. But look, I, I banned internal company email about three months ago. Wow. It is all on Slack. And that has made a great, a great deal of difference to my life in terms of my inbox and my ability mm -hmm. to get through stuff and not miss things, having it on a separate channel means that, you know, there's a, there's a level of focus there yeah. where internal company stuff doesn't get lost. Um, but the, but the banning email thing for internal comms has been just magical. Um, I'm starting to play with, um, Asana as a project management mm -hmm. tool, which I think could be really, really good going forward. But, um, yeah, sorry, Slack. <laughs> 
That's okay. I often wonder if I should just get rid of the tall top tip because so many people say slack. But then when people say slack, they then say other really interesting things like you've just done. So I think it's staying for the time being, everybody. But, you know, feel free to get in contact with me if you have an idea for a top tip question. Um, Okay, the growth top tip. Uh, Jamie, if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Uh, Owned marketing as in don't rely necessarily on Facebook page likes or YouTube subscribers, Mm -hmm. email in particular, uh, and extending that out into SMS. Um, I just think it's so important to own your, own your list. So if the, if a platform changes, uh, you know, like Facebook or whatever the algorithm changes or the, your ability to contact your, your fans or your subscribers or your likers changes, having that email list will will be forever and I you know I don't think email is going anywhere uh it, it currently is generating between 40 and 45 percent of our revenue mm-hmm. each month uh and being able to personalize that now with with the tech that's available and again I, I will mention Clavio because it's been so transformative since we left Mailchimp after the Shopify divorce um it's made a huge difference so yeah l- nurture uh, look after and love your email uh, list and your recipients. Yet more good advice. Jamie, thank you so much. Now, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Uh, yes, you can find the Jerry Anderson store at shop.jerryanderson.co.uk. Um, we've also, we're on most social platforms, normally Jerry Anderson TV. Uh, on every single platform, except mm-hmm. for Facebook, where it's Jerry Anderson official, annoyingly. I'm not sure why that is. I'll probably change it at some point. <laughs> Excellent. And I believe you've got a special offer for our listeners too. Uh, yes, yes. I, I would love to uh, help your listeners relive some Jerry Anderson nostalgia, get that warm, fuzzy feeling. Uh, they can get 15% off everything on the store uh, using the code MASTERPLAN at checkout. Um and uh, yeah, there's there's everything there from DVDs and Blu-rays to audio dramas and apparel and posters and and loads more. Uh, but that's only only for the first fifty that take it, take that offer up. Cool. I like the use of urgency there. Got to be in the first fifty, everybody. A little bit more urgency, of course. This podcast is is going live just before Christmas, so you could manage to use that code to get yourself some Christmas gifts. You or someone else some Christmas gifts, but you're going to need to do it now because I know Jamie's last order dates are coming up very soon, aren't they? Uh, yeah, you've probably got about 24 or 48 hours from now. So go, go, go. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, Jamie, I suppose they can find your podcast via all of that as well, can't they? Is that on the website? Yeah, that's on the website. Um, just search for the Jerry Anson podcast or uh, I think we've even got a mini site, jerryansonpodcast.com. There you go. Marvellous. Okay. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, for being so generous, sharing your experience with us and um, and so many great tips too. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. F-A-B, Chloe. <laughs> so interesting to hear from kind of a retailer on the side, I suppose there, because, you know, Jamie's main job is working on the production, you know, TV production, audio, radio production. And 
the e-commerce site is a means to an end. But as you can tell from the interview, it's still it's something he's very passionate about and something which he's doing some really exciting things with. And I think, you know, what they're doing with the email and with the SMS is really exciting. And, you know, the, the podcast too. I do strongly advise you to go and have a listen to see how a, how a podcast for a retail shop can come together. Plus to be surprised at some of the celebrity guests they've had on, um, who you might never think would be into those shows, but who are. Now, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. If you want to know more about getting customer reviews, then make sure you tune in to our January growth series starting in January, where I've got a cracking episode coming up with Joanna from Argos, whose entire job is getting customer reviews and she shares a ton of great tips in that one. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts or iTunes, then please do give me some feedback via their review app. I hope you have a great week and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.